Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Seed Soul Harvest audio experience. I am your host, Denora Pena. Can we just take four quick seconds to quickly acknowledge, touch, and agree that it is awkward to hear the words, I am your host, Denora Pena. The funny thing is that I didn't even realize that I never introduced myself in the intro audio until my friend Brenda literally texted me like, bro, I'm so proud of you. This is great. But yeah, you never introduced yourself. So here we are. I am making sure that I do a proper introduction. So as you already know, I am sharing our Bible studies as an audio experience because God asked me to create a place where everyone from our community could come and study and hear the word of God. Before we jump in, I just want to remind you all that what I am sharing is the word of God as it has been revealed to me. I want to make sure that everyone that's listening to this or participating in the Bible studies or a part of the Seed Sow Harvest community is being intentional about reading the Word of God on your own in a translation that works best for you, using a study Bible to understand the context of every single thing that you are reading. It's important to also know that scriptures speak different things to us in different seasons of our lives. It's why you often have the experience of feeling like you've read something before, but you never knew that something was there. It's because it speaks to us differently at different stages of our lives. So keep that in mind as you listen to what I am sharing. I want to encourage you to, of course, take notes, to meditate on the notes that I'm sharing and the thoughts that I'm sharing to ask God if it agrees with your soul and your spirit and to also meditate on that to see what else you might get from it because what I'm sharing with you isn't everything that this word has to say. So before we jump into today's Bible study, Perseverance Through Faith, I just want to take a moment to thank God for this platform, to thank God for the souls that are participating in this audio experience, and to ask God to just open your hearts and your ears to receive His Word, and to allow you to also hear from Him words that I may not speak. We thank you, God, for every single person that's a part of the Seed Soul Harvest community here now and those to come. And we thank you, Father God, in advance for all that you are doing in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So as mentioned, the title of this Bible study is Perseverance Through Faith, and it was built around the scriptures that I quite literally clung to during my pressing season. These were the scriptures that gave me hope and allowed me to know and trust and believe that my pressing season was intentional and that what I would be coming out of was always going to be so much more powerful than what I was walking through. And so if you're following along, I am reading from the New International Version, and we're going to first start on Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 14. Again, it's Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 14. So the word says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope 
and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. The next scripture that we're going to read is Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. And just so that you know the way that I like to do Bible study or certainly this Bible study is read the scriptures first and then go back to revisit and break it down. So turn your page or your Bible over to Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. The word says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opens for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw nearer to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Finally, our last scripture is not quite a scripture. It's actually quite literally the whole chapter, Hebrews 11. So let us read. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what we see was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God." And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the scar 
excuse me, as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead head to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And so what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and about Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that they only together with us would they be made perfect. So let's turn back to Jeremiah 29, 
verses 11 to 14. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 14. God establishes a plan for us. It's clear. He says he has a plan to prosper you, to not harm you, to give you hope, and to give you a future. However, there are three action items for us to receive his plan. It's right here because right after it tells us that God has plans to prosper us, to not harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. It tells us that we must call on him, that we must pray to him and that we must seek him. It is when we do those three things that we get God to listen. So what does it mean to call on God? Calling on God is approaching him with thanksgiving, worship, and petition. Again, calling on God is approaching him with thanksgiving, worship, and petition. Calling on God is an expression of dependence on God by invoking his name. It is an invitation for God into your day-to-day. What is prayer? Prayer is confession, repentance, conversation, and fellowship with God. I'll say that again. Prayer is confession, repentance, conversation, and fellowship with God. The other thing that for me really stood out here is that you will only Underline that word only. You will only find God when you seek him with all your heart. You can't half seek God. What does all your heart mean? What does that even look like? It means with deep and sincere feeling. It means with utmost sincerity, enthusiasm, and commitment. All of your heart can also translate to wholeheartedly and earnestly. God's standard for seeking him is to do it with all of your heart. So now let's turn to Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 25. Let's go to the basics. What is perseverance? Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay. The Greek definition defines perseverance as tenacity. And so when we think about the title of this message being perseverance through faith, right? That means that despite difficulty or delay, you will be persistent in your faith. So there are five things that this scripture calls us to do in order to persevere in faith. This is what I love about the Bible because the Bible really high key, low key is a manual. The first thing is, and get ready because this one bullet has several sub bullets and there's sub bullets to the sub bullets. But the first thing is, is that this scripture tells us that we need to draw nearer to God. 
And it also tells us four ways to draw nearer to God. It says that you draw nearer to God, number one, with a sincere heart. Number two, with full confidence that faith brings. In essence, that's just beautiful ways of saying with trust in God. Number three, it tells us to do it free of guilt and shame through Christ's blood, acceptance of Jesus and what he did for us. I want to take a second here while we're here talking about being free of guilt and shame to talk about repentance because repentance is the act whereby one turns from his or her sin, idolatry, and creaturely rebellion and turns to God in faith. This is why repentance is so important because every time that you repent, you denounce the things of this world and announce God and turn to God. You draw nearer to God by having a spirit of repentance. I want to encourage all of you to go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 to 32. Not right now. We're not going to read it. But I want to encourage you to read the parable of the two sons. Because this right here, and and actually maybe this is going to be a Bible study that we do, but that entire parable is about having the spirit of repentance. So make note of that to read and meditate on that. Going back to the four ways to draw nearer to God. So to recap, it's with a sincere heart. It's with full confidence that faith brings. It's free of guilt and shame through having a spirit of repentance. And it's through a cleansed body, through baptism. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward declaration that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You must go under to come back new. Again, keep in mind, we are still in number one of the five things that this scripture calls us to do in order to persevere in faith. Number one is draw nearer to God. Everything that we just covered is the four ways that you draw nearer to God. A sincere heart, full confidence that faith brings, free of guilt and shame through a spirit of repentance and a cleansed body through baptism. Number two, it also tells us to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. The biblical definition of unswervingly is to withstand and it's without giving up. Do not give up on the hope of Christ. Number three, it tells us to consider how we may spur one another forward toward love and good deeds. Love cannot be offered without self-love first. The Bible in both the New and Old Testament commands us to love your neighbor as yourself. This is found in 10 verses in both the Old and the New Testament. And to give you just two quick examples of that, Leviticus 19.18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Galatians 5.14 says, for the entire law, the entire law, underline entire law, is fulfilled in keeping this 
one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And can I just add a note to that? It doesn't say love your neighbor if they look like you. It doesn't say love your neighbor if they love the people you love. It doesn't say love your neighbor if they're into the things you're into. It says love your neighbor as yourself. First Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. But the greatest of these is love. Good works and deeds, right? Because again, remember that the scripture says, consider how we may spur one another forward toward love and good deeds. So we talked about love. Let's talk about good deeds. Good works or good deeds is defined as benevolence, a person who does good by action, acts of kindness or other morally positive actions. Matthew 5 verse 16, in the same way, let your light, excuse me, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven, that they may see your good deeds that others will see what you do and how you live and they will glorify our father in heaven. Okay. So then the next thing it tells us for five ways, um, five things that the scripture calls us to do in order to persevere through faith. Again, it's one, draw nearer to God. Two, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Three, consider how we may spur one another forward toward love and good deeds. Number four, don't give up on meeting together. Don't abandon meeting with each other. Don't abandon fellowshipping. Don't abandon building community. This is why we have Seed So Harvest. Don't abandon the community that you're building. Don't abandon your local church. Don't abandon your small group. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. The presence of God is amplified when we are gathered. Some of you may or may not have heard the word edify or edification, right? The last thing that this scripture calls us to do in order to persevere in faith is to encourage one another. Edification is the instruction and improvement over someone else to make them morally and intellectually better. It's how you breathe and speak life into someone through the word of God to make them morally and intellectually better. And lastly, let's turn over to Hebrews 11 and break this down a little further. So let's start with the very simple thing. That is the first thing that this book does, excuse me, that this chapter does, which is define faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is established by earnestly seeking God. I need you guys to make sure that you're making note of parallels that you find in scriptures, right? You're going to find them throughout the entire Bible. You're going to find things in the New Testament that, that was already spoken in the Old and vice versa. We're talking about earnestly seeking God here in the same way that Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14 talked about earnestly seeking Him, right? And so it tells us 
that our faith is established by earnestly seeking God. Faith is a trust that produces obedience. When you have established your faith in God, obedience is the natural production of that faith. When it talks about the things that we hope for, let's sit on that for a quick second. Because the things that we hope for must align with God's will for our lives. If we are in relationship with God, if we are in our word, if we are in conversation and in fellowship with God, if we are praying God, if we are earnestly seeking God, he is going to place things on our hearts and those become the desires that we have. Those become the things that we hope for. The things that we hope for and the things that God hopes for us have nothing to do with the flesh. We hope for what the spirit places in us. Our hope must be spirit led. I'm going to say that again. Our hope must be spirit led. There is nothing wrong with hoping for and desiring material things, but we need to be mindful that we're setting that desire apart from the desires of the spirit, from the desires that God has for us. So how do you please God? We please God through our faith, our obedience, and our good works and deeds. Again, we please God through our faith, our obedience, and our good works and deeds. Faith, as you know, is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Obedience is a willingness to submit oneself to the will of God and to put it into effect. It's submission. It means that you are submitted to the mission of God and you listen when he calls on you and you take action. It is a humble attitude where obedience is rendered within your relationship with God. 1 Samuel 15 verse 22, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. Lastly, the third way that we please God is through our good works and deeds. So we talked about what good works and deeds are, right? It's defined as benevolence, a person who does good by action, acts of kindness and other morally positive actions. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So before we close, I want to just read two more quick scriptures as our departing encouragement. If we go over to Hebrews 12, verse one through three, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, keep in mind, 
when it says here, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. We're talking about all of the people that were just mentioned in Hebrews 11. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangled. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And lastly, let's turn over to... James 1, verse 2 through 8. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What is it saying? Go through it so that you can come out of it mature and strong, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and they will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such person is a double-minded and unstable in all that they do. So as a homework assignment, I want to encourage you to study the men and women listed out in Hebrews 11. Learn their entire story. Learn who they were, what they went through, how they exercised their faith, and what the outcome of that was. And learn how it might speak to you in this season or in a prior season. And learn what you can apply into your life right now. I hope that this Bible study blessed you. Thank you so much for listening. Share this Bible study with someone so that they um, have a partner in this journey. I love you and I'm praying for you. And until the next time, see you soon. Be sure to follow Seed So Harvest at Seed So Harvest. That's S-E-E-D-S-O-W-H-A-R-V-E-S-T. Well, I mean, we're, I started the Instagram and the TikTok, but I'm only using Instagram right now because baby girl is overwhelmed. Okay. Um, so thank you guys. I love you and I'll see you next time.